Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. If he hits it with his stick above his head. They're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. Oh, that's some good uh, description there from <laughs> Garrett Rank. You're not going to like it could be the intro that we frame moving forward. The challenging days, the tough talk, Marty. You never know what to expect. So why don't we preface everything with, you're not going to like it. <laughs> We're going to talk about it anyway. There's a couple of like things we have to always make clear. It's unofficial when it comes to shots and shot attempts and goals and assists. Yes. And you're not going to like it often when we decide to uh, speak on many different subjects. Now, that was a great call by Garrett Rank, referee, last night. St. Louis had scored a goal, and um, it was being reviewed for high stick. So when he comes on to the PA announcer, he says, because it's in St. Louis, he says, you're not going to like it, but the call on the ice is good. There's no goal. Now, I want a referee that's going to take it a step further, that when being ready to announce to the crowd, because let's see, it's in Buffalo, mm-hmm. and you know something is being challenged or reviewed against the Sabres goal, and he comes on, he goes, Get ready to cheer. We got a good goal. Like I want, like that's would be so good, right? Like I want him to take it to the next step. Okay. So he then needs to do a half victory lap, Hulk Hogan style. Yes. And amp up the crowd. <laughs> Upon further review. And then you start loading the hand, the arm, like, let's go. I want to hear it. <laughs> you know, what's so ridiculous about that was, the timing last night of all the games and so much was happening in real time. So like simultaneously, right? Like it was, it was amazing and yet challenging to follow everything that was going on. And before this Garrett rank moment came out, I was actually thinking about reviews and crowd reactions and, the significant development that has happened within the game with these reviews, because too often, my opinion, 
you get people complaining about it's taking too long. And then they forget the back half of the sentence, which is to get it right. Yeah. Okay. So to get it right is still the reason we live in the world we're living in. And what I was watching going game to game last night were abs. And think Buffalo was just in Montreal, right? Yeah. The previous game in Montreal, they had two coaches challenges. And while they were on the road, Think about those moments and how it changed the game, right? Because not once, but two times in succession, they negated Montreal and it gave them this whole new life, right? So anyway, I'm watching last night, Florida, Carolina, for example, truly unbelievable 0-0 game, right? Yeah. Like it is stunning. It is hockey at its best. The goaltending was off the charts, Kachetkov and Bobrovsky. Florida scores. Now it's under review. When, and very quickly, because it was pretty obvious, yes, they make the announcement, the cheering, the reaction in the crowd was as good or better than the home team scoring a goal. People are hugging, people are roaring, and I'm like, what is wrong with review? Nothing. Nothing. They got it, they got it right, and so the whole crowd got to celebrate because they got it right, and they didn't end up leaving the building like they got ripped off. Yeah, bad officiating. A hundred percent. Listen, I love like I, I I love tennis. We talk tennis with Shayna Goldman all the time on Friday. But when there's a challenge on the line, the crowd loves it. Like it's like they look at the big screen and you see the ball land and you see where it is and the mark. So. Perfect example to another game in the state of Florida yesterday is Tampa. They're yeah. down 3-1 after two. They scored 3-2, 3-3. It's a great game. The building is buzzing. Washington scores right away, like at two minutes later, to make it 4-3. The goal is being challenged for offside by Tampa. So they go and review. It was offside. It comes off the board. Now the building is like, yes, Tampa is going to win. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Tampa Didn't sucks, happen. by the way. So they, they do right uh, now. Yeah, they do right now, and they lost five three to Washington. But and Ovi ten game point streak did not score an empty net goal. Though I was disappointed. Set, he set tried up for the it. empty netter, the unselfish one. Thirty seconds before, he took a two hundred foot shot that missed the net by Good about five feet. You're so, not trying if you're he, not shooting. Yeah. You're not trying. You're not right. But but you're right. Like the review system, I understand that some fans are like, it takes too long. There's times where it takes a long time. Okay. But mm-hmm. when Connor McDavid complained earlier this year, he said it took 15 minutes for them to uh, to decide if it was offside or not. I remember and I timed it from the time the, the referee announced that the play was under review to the time the referee announced that there was no goal on the play. That time when McDavid said it took 15 minutes. It was three minutes and 45 <laughs> seconds. Like, okay, if we have to wait three minutes and 45 seconds for a call to be made, that is the right call. I'll wait the three minutes. How about that? My only question is how long does McDavid think stairway to heaven is? Oh, it's like 27 <laughs> minutes on repeat. What the, that's a, well, I, I'm, I love good exaggeration, but like 15 minutes to make a video of review that's a that's a big time exaggeration oh no that gosh. was a big time ex- maybe it feels like that right because you're well, waiting and it, of course the pace of hockey is quick do, right yeah it's not like they're taking the t-shirt gun which maybe is a good marketing opportunity like oh have God. the players get out and shoot t-shirts into the crowd while the review is happening no i see a good marketing uh, D- duffer you're so smart 
the play is under review. It should be a three-minute review regardless, okay? So yeah. that we and open the Zamboni door, get the Sabres crew on the ice, mm-hmm. start doing stuff to the crowd so that they're they're distracted. Yes. But you have a two-and-a-half to three-minute like time to do something. Yeah, I do believe there's a way to amp up the atmosphere and do it better. And I do believe that in time, you know, we'll look back and go, eh, that review phase was clunky and it's gotten so much better and better and better. But the point of it is that I don't care about the clunkiness. It's like driving a crap car. Like if it gets to your destination and you trust that it's going to get to your destination, like that that's just what you deal with now. We, I want we, people to give us ideas at Sabres Live right now. What would you do during a, a offside or a goaltender interference challenge, whatever, review to keep the building going? Like I'm thinking in-house entertainment, like the, you know, like Courtney at the Sabres game would go and have a one-on-one with a fan. What do you think? What do you see on the play while they show the, the replay on the board to get the fans' opinion, right? They talk about it while it's going on. Like how great would that be? Well, Does someone have to conduct a breathalyzer before that live interview happens? No, the drunker, the better. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, we got sidetracked for good reason because yes. of a very unique officiating moment last night from Garrett Rank. However, it is a Sabres game day. And if you would like optimism on this February 23rd, allow us to talk about the standings. Allow us to further the story of Tampa Bay and their fall right now, which is three straight games. And... The fact that the Lightning, as I mentioned the other day, have technically moved themselves into wildcard two. Even when they were wildcard one, they had a worse percentage points-wise than some of the teams behind them. So now the day begins with Buffalo 11 points behind Tampa. But hear me out. 11 points out with two games in hand. Okay, so win the two games. So now you're seven points out. You have two games head-to-head, including the final game of the season against Tampa, and one next week right after the road crew party. Yeah, That could pull you within three. Are you telling me that in the other 20 games you can't make up three points? Don't tell me that Pittsburgh, by the way, the best goal differential among all these teams chasing mm-hmm. the spots, they won last night 4-1. Mm-hmm. to one. The Islanders, thank you Islanders for showing that you're still the Islanders under Patrick Waugh. They are 4-4-3, never changed New York. Yeah. The New Jersey Devils got smoked by the Rangers last night. Washington's won three in a row. Tampa's backpedaling, losing three in a row. And Patrick Kane... Unbelievable OT winner from Larkin. What a thrilling game they had against Colorado. It was old school. It was fantastic. And they won two to one in overtime to hold their spot. But the reality is, Marty, we've been trying to say all along, it's likely going to take this much for Buffalo to get there. And guess what? It still does. A week ago, exactly one week ago, Washington was 11 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, can we show the standings again? Washington was 11 points behind Tampa. As yeah, of today, they are five with yeah. three games in hand. <clears throat> Washington's won three in a row. The Lightning lost three in a row. In one week, they made up six points, and they still have three games in hand. Yeah. Like this. Okay. So, but the I, I like, it, I like, I like what you're thinking. I like what you're thinking. I think that's great to be positive the today. They haven't got on a streak. Right. Yeah, they no. still need to get at minimum what Washington has done in the last week, but more likely they need to do it for three straight weeks. And it again needs to start right away tonight in Columbus, which would make it two wins in a row this week. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, 
I mean, get on a streak. That means win four, five, or six in a row. And then, okay, let's see what happens, right? I think yep. that's the number one thing. It, it hasn't been done all year, so that's a little concerning. Yep. But you're getting goaltending from Lukanen. Um, he'll start again tonight. He'll start again tonight. The Skinner-Thompson line talk got a little bit better in Montreal. Is this going to take another step forward at Columbus? We know that Tage had a massive game against the Columbus Blue Jackets last year. If mm -hmm. if it's going to be the same thing for Jeff Skinner, feeling good against Montreal, Tage should be feeling good against Columbus. So mm -hmm. you get started that way. Then you have Carolina at home Sunday. Next week, it's Florida Tampa. I mean, there's a lot going on, right? I mean, get four in the next four, and then we'll talk about it. My biggest problem with that, Duffer, is that Pittsburgh, New York, Devils, and Washington. There's five, there's four teams between Buffalo and Tampa right now. And I get it. I, look, you can only worry about the one thing, what you do. Um, but when I see that there's a, a crowded, you know, line to get into the club, uh, you know, and you're at the back of the line, it's going to take a lot longer and a lot more effort to get in. And maybe you got to, maybe you got to tip the bouncer a little bit more to sneak in. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. You, you're going to have to be better than all those teams in the next 26 games to be able to get in. Right. And, but the point is, is the reason we had projected for so long, you know, now 26 games to go. So 21 and five, um, is because you're going to win games against those teams that are ahead of you. The only team Buffalo doesn't play in that cluster is Pittsburgh. They're done in the season series, but everybody else they play. So they can chip away here, and not to mention the three games against Detroit, who's not free and clear yet, right? So there's that's that's why if, if you're looking at, you know, just... the And again, this level of thinking for me came strictly because of Washington and Tampa last night. And yeah. what Washington has minimized here in the last seven days. So whatever, we move on from that. And obviously we're looking forward to tonight. We got lots to get into with the Sabres game tonight and with Shayna Goldman at the bottom of the hour, because holy cow, like the results from last night and the impact on the standings, not to mention the trade deadline. I mean, that I know this is a recurring theme every day. But like seeing Nashville win the way they did, seeing Calgary win the way they did, seeing Seattle drop Vancouver. Oh, look, Vancouver's goaltending has now joined the ranks of Edmonton the last handful of games, right? Like it's just, it's funny, the ebbs and flows of this. But the Amherst are also in action tonight. And what a special night it's going to be at Blue Cross Arena. Standings-wise, they're one up on Belleville. They're trying to maintain their position in the north and move even higher. But, of course, it's Rory Fitzpatrick night. Yes, they are going to be having uh, Amherst Hall of Fame induction tonight in Rochester, and we can't wait for that. It is, um, you know, someone that you know very well, and I know you're really excited to talk to, Marty, um, as a fellow member of the Amherst Hall of Fame. So uh, why don't we welcome Rory into the show? He, of course, uh, no stranger to these parts in his time in Buffalo, and obviously, as a Rochesterian, a big thrill tonight to be going into the Amherst Hall of Fame. Rory, welcome to the show. It's great to see you, and congratulations on this uh, incredible honor tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. How you doing, Fitzy? Long time no see. What's uh, what's happening with you? Uh, nothing. Uh, joining the kids and, uh, you know, watching hockey. Uh, <laughs> what else is there doing winter in Western New York? Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, well, congratulations, number one. This is a great honor to uh, 
have you go into the Rochester Americans Hall of Fame. But before I talk to you about, you know, your days with the Amherst, um, do you recall the game that we played against, I believe it was the Devils in Rochester, that was deemed a Fitzpatrick Gionta Bowl back in the days? Like, that was the big, like... You know, Tom Golisano had uh, this idea to put a regular season game in Rochester and we played there, but it was the posters were all you and Geo, right? It was the big Rochester, like natives guys. So uh, how was that for you? Uh, that experience to play a regular season NHL game in Rochester? Yeah, that, that was amazing. Obviously, it's something you never thought would come about, right? We don't have an NHL team here in Rochester. Um, so for, for that to happen, for it to be against Brian, Uh, a, a good friend of mine w was extra special, but obviously for an opportunity to play an NHL game in my hometown uh, was incredible. And like I said, never, uh, never my wildest dream could you think it could happen with, with there no being no NHL team here in Rochester. Duffer, just so you know, that game, I made 33 saves on 35 two, two. shots, two, right? two tie. I was I named the first star. I loved, I love my time in Rochester, loved that building. So I was first star of the game. Yes. What a what a night, <laughs> Rory. Um, how much family will be on hand and uh, to to celebrate with you tonight? This induction. Oh, I think there'll be close to 200 people. I think I gave out 140, 150 tickets, and a wow. lot of a lot of people had bought tickets uh, prior. As soon as that, as soon as the announcement was announced a few months ago, a bunch of people went out and bought tickets. So. Uh, and I've been hearing, you know, more and more, obviously some things have been, you know, a little widely re uh, released this week. So uh, I've been getting a lot of texts over the last few days of people coming. So who were some of the early influences then? I have to assume there's some people that you've known almost the entirety of your life from a hockey coaching, whatever standpoint that, that, that helped play a role in developing you into this now soon to be Amherst Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you get to the NHL or you get to be a professional athlete, there's so many people that have impacts on you and and have influence on you, um, you know. But obviously, the easy ones are, you know, my dad. Uh, you know, he was the president of the Rochester Lions Lions Club here in Rochester as a kid. I was on the ice all the time. You know, he he's the one that made the backyard rinks for us. Um, you know, so so you know, he's you know, obviously, an immediate impact. Uh, my brothers, um, you know, uh, I have an older brother brother and a younger brother that were, uh, you know, constant supporters and uh, competitors as well. Uh, and then nu numerous and numerous coaches um, and, and, you know, influences around, around me growing up. So, you know, there, there's too many to list, um, you know, and then uh, obviously being an Amherst fan growing up, I mean, we grew up in an era here in Rochester that was uh, extra special. We were winning color cups. You had, you know, players that played here, Uh, you know, they weren't necessarily in and out as a development role. They were here to be Rochester Americans for long term. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the Jordy Robertsons and um, you know, Jody Gages of the world. Um, you know, those were those were people in Rochester that we looked up to. So uh who was your favorite Rochester Americans player when you watched them? Were you focused on defense or was it the guy that could score goals? I doubt that you picked a goalie as your favorite Amherst of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, it's you're you're wrong actually. So Jacques Cloutier was one of my Jacques Cloutier. Yes, was one of my favorite players to watch. Uh and then uh, Jordy Robertson was a big one. You know, he was yeah. the goal scorer here at the time in the, in the early 80s. Um you know, he was one that uh you know, I, I would, uh, enjoy going to watch, um, you know, Val James was another one, 
obviously his presence on the ice was was like no other back in those days. So, um, you know, those are some of the uh, the names that immediately come to mind. But goal scoring and goalies, uh, you goalies always uh, end up the favorites uh, one way or the other. So you obviously had your, you know, you started your pro career in Fredericton with the Montreal organization. You moved around, came to Buffalo, Rochester, and then you came back towards the end of your career. What was the change like at the end in your role with the team, your leadership? And and I think this is why, to be honest with you, Fitzy, I think this is why you are going to be uh, in, in, inducted in the Hall of Fame for the Amherst tonight because of your role when you came back and the leadership that you brought and and all of that. So what was that for you? Because you're you're quiet guy like you're not the most vocal guy but to have that leadership role later in your career yeah so obviously that's why I came back I knew I was no longer an NHL prospect I wasn't going to be getting called up and at the time it was uh you know it was a different period of time here because we were under uh Florida Florida's uh watch there for a couple yep. of years mm-hmm. um but you know I I came back to be a mentor I knew I knew what my role was And, uh, you know, being a 35 year old with 20 to 23 year olds is a, is a interesting place to be, but, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think the players enjoyed it and, uh, you know, I was the one that they could, uh, you know, you know, talk to ask questions and, uh, yeah, I'm more on the quiet side uh, as far as leadership roles, but, um, you know, when they see a 35 year old guy there with, with four kids, he's first at the rink. Uh, you know, he's on the ice, um, you know, hopefully by watching that, uh, you know, I was able to influence some players and, and change the way they do things and, and the expectation, you know, what, it, what, what needs to be done as a pro, um, you know, so, you know, you, they say your circumstances don't change your responsibilities and, uh, you know, to watch a 35 year old man come in, uh, oftentimes trailing his kids with him. Uh, you know, to get the job done, you know, hopefully I was able to influence some, uh, some players while I was here. It's the best daycare, isn't it? Having the kids <laughs> at the rink. It, it, it is. And I, I was there, uh, I was there on Wednesday. I hadn't been in the locker room in years and my God, if I had the facilities they had now, I don't know if my kids would have ever left there with the shooting room and the video room downstairs. Yeah. I think they would have had them, you know, move me out of that place. Um, you know, we, we made the best of it with the kids while they were there and the facilities we had, but you know, right now, you know, if, if I was there now, I could see my kids being there, uh, you know, longer than, uh, they, they really should be. So, um, if you it, were there it, now, you'd be a player coach, you'd have dual responsibilities. <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I was so impressed with the facilities that they have there now, uh, compared to what we have, but, um, you know, bringing my kids to the rink, uh, you know, was definitely a reason I kept playing, um, you know, for them to have that opportunity was special for me. Rory, your community involvement was acknowledged four times in the last five years of your time with the Amherst, I believe, you know, for going above and beyond in the community. Was there, um, any connections you made with, you know, various programs in the city that, that really, really, really meant so much at the time and, and give you an overwhelming sense of pride even today? Yeah, I think, uh, cure childhood cancer was a big one for me. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, I did a lot of work with them. I worked with a lot of teenagers in that, you know, that age group and just learning some of the challenges that they go through that you don't even think of, 
uh, you know, proms and and different things, and uh, uh, you know, a girl going to the prom in a dress with her, uh, you know, pump in her chest, and you know, just the the challenges that you don't even think of as a as a you know healthy uh, human being. So you know, that's one of the bigger ones. Galisano Children's Hospital, uh, another one, um, you know, that I did a bunch of work with, and and I did a lot of uh, library uh, readings and school readings, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously any chance you get to work with kids and, and have a positive impact in their life is, uh, you know, is always special. Uh, have you prepared a speech? And the reason why I'm saying that is because you're going to set the tone. When I was inducted in the Amherst Hall of Fame, the Amherst won 12 to 3 that night. <laughs> I set the tone with my speech. So have you prepared your speech? Have you rehearsed your speech? And do you think you're going to get the boys fired up? <laughs> Um, probably not. I, I, you know, my speech is rehearsed. It's terrible. Uh, you, you're, you're mentioned in it. Uh, my first game in Rochester, uh, with the Worcester ice cats, I had a goal and an assist and first star. So, okay, you, good. And you, and you were in goal. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to have an opportunity to go talk to the players beforehand mm-hmm. and, you know, they wanted me to read a starting lineup, but you know, I'm no PK Subban or uh, biz nasty doing that. So, I don't think I'd be able to pump them up that way, but, you know, hopefully be able to share some history of the Amherst and get them excited. And, you know, for, for a lot of players playing in the minors is a, is a tough time, right? Like everybody wants to be in the NHL, but, you know, I think when you play for the Rochester Americans, there's, there's a little extra there that there's history, uh, you know, the players and the coaches that have come through there is, is amazing. And, and you don't get that in a lot of AHL cities. So, you know, teams in, are in and out and, you know, besides Hershey and a couple other teams, um, Rochester's in a class of its own as far as a minor league, uh, the hockey team. Yep. We will be watching online as we will be in studio doing Sabres tonight uh, simultaneously, Rory. But uh, we look forward to that speech, especially now knowing Marty's getting mentioned. And uh, obviously, congratulations to you and your family. This is uh, just a wonderful crowning achievement tonight. Thank you for the time today. Thank you guys for having me. And Marty, thanks for the kind words. I was sent your video yesterday and uh, to keep it under three minutes for you is uh, quite impressive. So uh, I was told 30 seconds it. and it was a minute 45. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good luck tonight, Rory. Congrats again. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, there he is. Rory Fitzpatrick. And obviously big night in Rochester for him, for his family, and for all those he's been connected with over the decades. And I say that because he truly lived it as a kid, being a huge fan of this organization, the first Rochesterian to be going in, you know, after growing up in the city and watching it all unfold. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful story. And the the Amherst, of course, hope to get back in the win column tonight as the Sabres try to continue to win tonight in Columbus. And then if they can bank one tonight, they come home on Sunday. And we want to encourage you to be there for Choose Love Night, which is on Sunday. It's part of Black History Month. And obviously, taking on the Canes, Six o'clock start. It's a really great opportunity to celebrate um, African-American community, highlight Black-owned businesses throughout Western New York. You know, you can go to sabers.com slash tickets to purchase tickets for the game, but really indulge in this latest Level Up initiative, which is designed to put local, um, smaller uh, Black-owned businesses in the community in a far more visible way. In an arena, 16, 17, 18,000. There's a wonderful piece on the unveiling of, of this initiative on sabers.com right now um, from a few days ago. And just the you know, opportunity 
for businesses moving forward here, Marty, just to, yep. um, you know, it, it's, it's about representation. It's about having, as was said often in the press conference, having a seat at the table. There, there is a lot of growth to happen in our community. The new football stadium being a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And when those doors open and what businesses you will find in the stadium. And so these incredible local initiatives are really trying to elevate all businesses to be in a position to understand what it takes to be in an arena, to be in a stadium, to allow your businesses to be there and have a massive presence in the community. And I'm really excited for for how, you know, a night like this, and it's it's four consecutive home games where a couple of different businesses will be represented and on location in the con- the 100 level concourse um and again you can find out more at sabers.com and of course uh just the the energy alone um i think will be wonderful on sunday night not to mention a very 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 worthy opponent and holy cow last night carolina florida marty oh what a game like this hurricanes yeah. team i know we're talking about the leafs right now rolling six in a row and the rangers winning nine in a row but the the and the Panthers just having their six game winning streak come to an end last night at the hands of Carolina. But holy cow, are they good? They are so good. Yeah, and uh, Carolina now that they are um, healthier, um, they can you know kind of pack the offense that uh, you know was lacking earlier in the season. And I think that that's why there was so much emphasis on. Well, the goaltending in Carolina, because it was Ranta, Anderson. Anderson has the blood clots. Ranta gets sent down. Kachekov had a struggle at the start of the year. But now you know, they're getting the goaltending, obviously, but they also have got the offense buzzing. And it was Sebastian Ao last night that uh, scored his 21st late, late in the game, 19 seconds left. Um, there's been a lot of 0-0 games or one nothing games in the history of the NHL that were boring. And I'm going to say it. like It's not fun to go to a game when it's 0-0. That game yesterday between Florida and Carolina was the same energy as a 9-9 game mm-hmm. with the, less, the, less the pressure or the stress that every shot's going to go in. You knew that every great chances were going to get stopped because the goalies were so good, but there was great chances to be had in the game too. Like it was, oh, it was fantastic. I don't have, you know what? I'm really big on, I, and we talk about it, expected goals all the time. Yeah. So let me just pull it up quickly here because I want to see what the expected goals were last night in this game. Uh, Carolina expected goals were two and a half and Florida were three. So it was decent for a zero zero game. It wasn't like one to one, right? It was mm-hmm. supposed to be a, a three two game, maybe a four two game in the end, empty net, whatnot, and ended up being a one nothing. Yeah. And Ajo had the best chance minutes earlier and defied physics with the miss that he had like he was in the blue paint redirecting it into an open net and it it went behind Bobrovsky and out the other side and he was stunned that he had missed only to then be presented with that opportunity to score the winner with under 20 seconds to go uh so much NHL news to get to and speculation of course with Shana Goldman from The Athletic next on Sabres Live. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome back. Shana Goldman's with us from The Athletic. Big trade in the NHL last night. Pittsburgh acquiring uh, Emil Bemstrom in exchange for, and a pick, by the way, in exchange for Alex Nylander. So Nylander is now a Columbus Blue Jacket, but true to form, he won't be helping the Sabres tonight. He is not dressing for Columbus. (laughs) So... It's a fascinating story. As little as Alex has produced, what I don't understand here is the fact that when Pittsburgh was without a general manager in the offseason, Alex Nylander got signed by the Penguins. And I'm like, who did the deal? And then now Columbus, who doesn't have a general manager, acquired (laughs) Alex Nylander. I'm like, who's making these deals? Like, what, what is going on here? So anyway... Have at it, Marty. Lead the way for Shana. I just had to get that one out there. So. Uh, well, no, it's a hard uh, act to follow. But Shana, I know we're going to talk goaltending again because <laughs> it's like it's uh, it's unexpected. The world of goaltending is uh, is unexpected. One day they're great, one day they're bad. The Shesterkin is back to being like the great Igor Shesterkin. Like so, two games before the All Star break and bye week, the game after the All Star break and bye week was supposed to be like its schedule. We're gonna give Jonathan Quick all this time to play. Igor is gonna rest. He's five and zero in the last five games, giving up ten goals in five games. He's got a nine forty seven save percentage. He's looking like himself. Um, is 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 this a little bit of the? Let's uh, calm down with the conspiracy theorists that Jonathan Quick is the number one guy in New York now. Yeah, through that entire situation, I couldn't help but roll my eyes every time I heard controversy discussed because and and questions yeah. like should Jonathan Quick start game one of the playoffs? The answer is a wholeheartedly no. It was <laughs> never gonna be yes, unless somehow Shesterkin fell off the face of the earth and became the worst goalie in the world. It was never gonna happen. Yeah. I like the strategy of giving him a longer rest right because you look at teams around the league we saw that with Colorado like they felt like Georgiev just needed a reset and they've struggled with their second and third goalies throughout the year just give them the complete night off you know let him kind of reset and do what he needs to do let the team kind of figure out what they look like without him I think it's for the best and you look at what Chester has done since the all-star break and it's really great I know we can point to the outdoor game and say but his numbers were bad there I literally wish we could just strike those from the record sometimes yes. because I feel like for a goaltender, the sight lines have to be so bad. The glare, I don't know why they happen in daytime at all. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't, I don't want to hold that one against him, but you look at his numbers and it's like game after game. It's like, this is his best game of the season. Oh, this is his second best game of the season. I think last night was, you know, top five for him. You just are seeing him get round up back to form. And that's what this team needs to succeed. Rangers are on a nine game winning streak right now, but we were just mentioning in the first half of the show, the number of other teams in the Eastern conference that are formidable and or red hot. Who would you think would match up well and perhaps beat, maybe even beat uh, handily, the New York Rangers? Who do you like in the East right now? Um, I, I feel like the Canes would be a tough matchup for them. It feels like they're the two teams obviously have their number, you know, pretty well, and the Rangers have a lot of power play success. The Hurricanes are a really good penalty killing team, and it just feels like we've seen their forecheck suffocate the Rangers before, even this year in their matchups earlier this season. That's kind of it for the Metro teams for me, in all honesty, because every every single other team, you can look at their flaws. A team like the Pittsburgh Penguins has all the skill in the world. Their penalty, uh, their power play is so oh. bad, and you compare that to the Rangers, mm-hmm. like that's your momentum swinger right there that decides the series. The Islanders can't hold a lead. The Rangers are actually pretty good at coming back in games when they're terrible for 40 minutes. You know, the Devils, we're seeing a lot of flaws in their game, and not, not that everything in a playoff series relies on the power play. I know I keep referencing it, but you look at you know, the goaltending there, the fact that they can't finish their chances and the fact that their power play has been such a disaster over the last, you know, month or two, that's another strike against them. So for me, the team that can really give the Rangers trouble in the Metro, at least, would be the Hurricanes. I think mm-hmm. Florida would be a headache for them and I could see Boston being one too. Hey, okay. how much should we talk about Florida, Marty, after last night? I mean, we don't know anything because mm-hmm. Paul Maurice said day to day, but when you lose Gus Forsling, underrated standout yeah. performer on the blue line for Florida and Matthew Kachuk on a wickedly solid hit from Svechnikov. I mean, talk about a hold your breath kind of day for Florida. No. I mean, uh, yeah, I would think so too. But not only that is Sam Reinhardt stuck at 39 now and he was so <laughs> hot. So he passed on a empty netter in Buffalo to get to 40 and he's still stuck at 39. Um, yeah, I think Florida is fine. I think they're still one of the best team in the East and in the league right now, uh, in my opinion. And these guys will be back. Um, you know, a team that was the cream of the crop, though, Shayna, was the Tampa Bay Lightning. And and Duffer kind of laid it out in the first half of the show saying, Buffalo's 11 points behind Tampa. They have two games in hand. They play two games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You win those four games that you have. All of a sudden, you're three points behind Tampa. Is Tampa such a mess right now that they are in danger of not making the playoffs this year? Nikita Kucherov is not letting that happen this year. He is playing next level hockey and you see in his minutes, the swings of offense when he isn't, isn't on and is on the ice and is on the bench is so insane this year. Um, there's, there's definitely some reason for concern in Tampa, right? You have the Sergachev injury and I, I know Sergachev hasn't handled his matchup minutes well, but the big picture is yeah. his placement in the lineup is huge for someone like Victor Hedman, who has been just dragged through the mud this year with his usage. And now even more so yeah. for me, I look at Tampa and say, if you don't figure out a way to add, you're going to be in trouble. I think they need at least one more defenseman. And I thought that before the Sergachev injury. Now they have and the money to make it happen. So Lurie got hurt last night on the blue line. Chernak didn't play, I believe. So yeah, they're thin. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's really, really, really tough. And they wouldn't have to be so thin if maybe they didn't sign that Chernak contract. And it's the one I look at and I keep saying, <laughs> I get the Sorelli deal at the time. I understood the Sergeyev deal. When they uh, sign that Chernak deal, you go, that is the co- kind of contract that is not going to age well based on his playing mm-hmm. style. And you see it, the injuries constantly, you know, I understood mm-hmm. moving Ryan McDonough, but at what cost? Yeah. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, I think Buffalo's seen enough of Chernak to know that 
it would probably Dalina sin enough of Chernak. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, also, last night, the Western playoff race. Um, how are you viewing this? I mean, hey, Marty, I saw last night, like Jordan Bennington is closing in on uh, your old favorite Mike Liut for mm -hmm. franchise wins lead in St. Louis history. Um, so you got the Blues playing better. Um, Nashville wins, Seattle wins, Calgary wins. Shana, how are you unsorting that mess in the West? So sorry, the Blues, because they're at the top. Um, Jordan Bennington has been one of the best goalies in the league in the month of February. Uh, and their shooting is so accurate right now, but I have so many concerns at five on five. I think it's great and wonderful that their top line is thriving, right? That is the best thing for them, that Jordan Cairo is playing at the level that's expected of him, but I think Pavel Buchnevich is raising his trade value every day, and he's the piece to move to really push this process along. I think you still have to just be honest, because if you make that second wildcard seed, who are you going up against? Is it going to be Vancouver? Wouldn't want that matchup. Uh, is it going to be Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas? I just... Look at it for St. Louis and go, you are the worst team, no matter who you go up against. And I just don't see an upset potential there. So for me, enjoy the results, but do what you need to do <laughs> off the Band-Aid. I know it's harsh. <laughs> um, but the one that's interesting, to, there's two that stand out to me. We got to talk Minnesota. We got to talk Seattle. Seattle's in a unique position because I don't think they have to sell. They have enough assets. Um, they've really done a good job, you know, not spending to this point and also just recouping assets when they felt they could the first year. They don't need to do anything. They don't need to move Jordan Everly. It's not going to kill him to keep a pending UFA. And you look at how Beniers is picking up the pace offensively yeah. and how good he's been defensively yeah. and how good Jared McCann has been. And Joey Decord, you ride that wave, I think, and try to make it because they give me more disruptive potential than a team like St. Louis, and maybe it's how they play. But for me, I'm like, you go for it. Minnesota has been outstanding at five on five this last month after being pretty mid the entire year. And yes, they are a very top heavy team. And that top line of Kaprizov, Boldy and Erickson Eck puts all your best players together, but they are absolutely killing it in their minutes. I think they have a 65% expected goal share. Plus those three are just crushing it on the power play that you're like, okay, like I, I'm interested. I think you're going to end up in the middle, no matter how you shake out, if you're the wild and they box themselves in here. But I think that they can make things a little bit more interesting. So those are the two teams I would say one of them is going to get that second wild card seed. I don't think it's going to be anyone else. Well, you mentioned that that playoff race and UC Soros. Um, there's 92 goalies that have played in the National Hockey League this year, at least one minute. Um, usually, you don't have to scroll down too far to see UC Soros' name and the stats and the goal save above expectation. Got to go down to about number 70 out of 92 to see UC Soros right now. Um, can he savage anything in Nashville for the rest of the year? He played really good last night, but is is that too inconsistent for him the way that he's played this year? Yeah, he's been so inconsistent. You look at his numbers, and if you go month to month, you go December. He was one of the best goalies in the league, right? It was him and Connor Hellenbuck, and then January, February, he just completely trailed off, which you don't expect from him. The one thing that Predators can take solace in is that he's had these streaks before and found his footing at the right time. You think of the year... They played against, I think it was like a bubble year and it was something funky. Um, no, Carolina. the year after, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Carolina. And they were out of the playoff race. And then UC Soros had a two-month tear. Was unbelievable. <laughs> he had, I think he saved like 30 goals above expected in two months. And it wiped out how far in the negatives he was in the first half, the first three quarters of the season to bring him into the positives year-wide. Like, it was so nuts. And he did that. You know, so you, you can feel a little confident in that. But if you're Nashville... I mean, you have to look at the big picture and go, are we going to be good in his prime? 
you know, are we selling low if we move him now? Is this an off-season move? Like, move? like there's so many questions because we don't we don't see top goalies get moved very often, especially a year removed from one of the best seasons in the analytics era ever. Right. Now, the only footnote that we keep reiterating there is the recent first-round pick in Askarov, the fact that his team in Milwaukee has now won 18 straight in the AHL, another road shutout for Askarov yesterday. He's got five shutouts since December 23rd. He has not lost since before Christmas. It is truly remarkable what's happening there. How much will that impact what Nashville does in the crease and with Saros and, and all that moving forward? I feel terrible that we're 46 minutes into the show and I didn't ask anybody check in on Nate Bastian this morning. Oh my God, his his poor face. That yeah. I, How he returned to the game, I don't know. And I know Truba hits him and he felt like he had to react, but like, man, stand down. Let someone else take that yes, one for you. I would not. I'd be down. like, why are you not wearing a bubble? Like, first of all, put on a cage, put on a bubble. That looks rough enough and it probably feels rough enough. At that point, do you not feel anything? I don't know. When he got hurt initially, I wasn't even sure if it, obviously the face, you saw the nose is bleeding and is swelling. It almost looked like he injured his collarbone. The way yeah. he went down was so awkward. I was surprised he didn't. So I really didn't think I'd see him back in the game. But um, just take take a couple days off and relax, like just repair yourself, get yourself in a little bubble, full body bubble if you want to go, just the face mask bubble, whatever you have to do. So when he decided to jump uh, Jacob Truba from behind after getting hammered by Truba, I think that's when the concussion spotter was like, we got to check this guy out. Like, this is not <laughs> normal reaction. Nobody is sane mind would react that way. Uh, but you're you're absolutely right. Like when he got hammered, first of all, the blood's gushing from his nose and he's laying down like he wants to take a nap on the ice. At that moment, somebody's got to remove him from the ice. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and uh, tip of the cap to Connor Garland for hanging in there and taking some bombs from Tanev in that Vancouver-Seattle game as well. Oh, yeah. A lot of body blows in that one, but still pretty big size mismatch as well. Shana, have a great weekend. Thank you again, as always. Thank you. All right, we'll see you next week, Shana. And of course, we're back after this on Sabres Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres jackets tonight. We're on the air at 630 on MSG. Hope you'll join us then. Of course, the game can be heard on WGR Sports Radio 550 as well. We were just talking about Cody Hudson off air yesterday, and yep. he got his first in the American Hockey League after eight years of retirement. Of course, we knew he had come back, and he was looking for that first goal, and it was the late tally in a 4 nothing win. Good for Cody. Good for Cody. It was a two-on-one. He came down the right side. They got a nice pass, a nice toe-drag delay pass to Cody Otson. And you can see the players are so excited for him after the, the, the goal, the celebration. Everybody's giving him big hugs, more than it would be in a 4 nothing win usual. So it tells you how appreciated he is uh, by the Milwaukee Admirals, but also the hard work and dedication to come back in the game. 
Amazing. They've won 18 straight games. Nashville's Farm Club is still chasing the all-time record by Norfolk of 28, but they've got the second longest streak now. Marty, what have we learned about what should happen in arena thanks to game presentation when video review happens? Well, first of all, Jake says the replace should be short, and if it's not obvious, then let's let it be. I say that's never going to happen, Jake, but, uh, you know, whatever. And two, Todd says every time the review process starts, the home team should pick a lucky fan in the crowd and give him, he says, tickets to an upcoming game. I say, give him a price. So, you know, we got to replay a review or challenge. You spin the wheel and one lucky winner gets something. I think that'd be fantastic, right? To make it even more fun. And our 10 second game preview. What do we expect tonight? Uh, well, Tarasov is in net for Columbus. So I think the Sabres are going to light him up. Mm, he actually had a strong game that Buffalo won in overtime earlier this year. We'll see you tonight at 6.30. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.